coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio in Woodstock, Georgia. This is Fearless Formula with Sharon Klein. Welcome to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X, where we talk about the ups and downs of the business world, and we offer words of wisdom for business success. I am Sharon Klein, your host, and today in the studio, I've got two really interesting people. I've got my favorite front porch advisor. This is Joe Sanciolo. He is the human capital e-strategist with Front Porch Advisors. And we also have Brendan Canal, who is the general manager with Diesel David, which is a, an auto repair shop. Is that the best way to say it? Auto repair shop in... Diesel specialty, specialty shop in downtown Woodstock. Oh, I'm so glad I asked you how to say that correctly. <laughs> I would have butchered it. Thank you for coming on the show. Of course. Happy to be here as always. I'm so happy to chit chat with you because we've got a really interesting show today. And I know we talk a lot about business owners and how they manage their natural inclination to be, have fear and how they can manage and work with themselves to um, even learn and help other people who want to have their own businesses. But what's cool about you guys is that you all kind of have a almost like a relationship where you can help where Joe helps Brendan to understand the positives and negatives of his personality type and how he can work with those positives and quote unquote negatives, I guess, to, to uh, further yourself in business. So it's fascinating to me because I think every one of us has, obviously we all have our own personalities, but it's very easy for me to look at myself and say, well, here are my weaknesses and I can't do that. And here's an excuse for why this doesn't work. And oh my gosh, I'm so horrible when I have days like this, but I like that you're spinning. It's not even a spin. It's a reframing of allowing myself to accept that I have maybe um, the, the light side as well as the dark side that I can work with both. Right. So I don't have to have something that's like such a, I can look at myself in a positive way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it took me forever to get that out. So what do you think about what I just said? Well, I'm excited because, um, when you say fearless formula, of course, that's, uh, we talked about this earlier, but, um, everybody needs to know what their fearless formula is. And in our business at front porch advisors, we believe that awareness and acceptance of who you are, what you bring at your best and what you need to be at your best is the formula to overcome the fear. And when we say who you are and what you bring, that means good, bad, and ugly. And so yesterday we had the fortune of sitting in a room full of business owners and local business professionals talking about vulnerability. And the question was to provoke what is your strength that sometimes gets you in trouble. So I'm excited to be here today to talk more about the double-edged sword because here at Front Porch Advisors, our philosophy is that the same thing that makes you strong under pressure or stress or extreme challenge becomes your nemesis, hence the double-edged sword. And Brendan has graciously come to sit here because it sometimes it's hard for people to understand what that means to get there. And Brendan has fully gone into the realm of awareness and acceptance, and now we practice all the time. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting that you have um, you've kind of gone through the process. It's not like in the beginning steps. You've gone through the process with Joe and have seen positive changes in in your relationships with work. And I'm sure it's exponential with other relationships. So what was it that made you realize that you really needed some coaching and a way to reframe how you uh, view your positives and negatives of your personality? Yeah, so I was stuck 
when I, uh, back in the day, you know, I'm pretty <laughs> old. Um, so I was stuck and, uh, you know, I came to Joe and, uh, fresh out of a relationship in a dark place, you know, and Joe was like, you know, who's this kid, you know, down, down to coach me, but you know, kind of, kind of unsure. Don't, don't blame him. And, uh, <laughs> and, he's open. He's yeah, open to yeah. people. And, uh, exactly, exactly. And so we, uh, we worked through it and, um, you know, my, my greatest superpower is I care. And my biggest downfall is I care. So I, uh, you know, I, I come in and, uh, you know, first of all, I'm going to want to say yes. So you'll hear me say yes. And then you'll hear me get backtrack and be like, okay, wait a second. And then second of all, you know, whenever I have the ability to give you care, you know, I thrive whenever it's expected, I struggle. And, you know, working through that, understanding that, and then using that not only professionally, but with my friends, relationships, it, it's helped. Um, you know, now, now we're in a successful place. <laughs> I, I'm going to turn into Sharon and ask the question because that's do what it. I do. Do it. But like she said, you've been through the process, but we're still in it. Yeah. Why are we still in it? There's always room for development. Um, you know, I'm working through some big things with my job. And uh, understanding, you know, how to go from where I'm at now to the next level, um, you know, it requires, you know, some advice and coaching um, and some guidance so that I can be calculated in my approach and not just like come in guns a blazing. Reactionary. And exactly. Be calculated. So That's, it, It's interesting. I, I like it because somebody like Brendan and his tendency to care, it's interesting how that works externally and internally. Because it's more natural for him to provide that care externally. So internally, he doesn't know always know how to provide that care for himself. That is very common for a lot of people who have that same double-edged care sword. Yeah. So today, I had to force myself to do things for myself, care for myself. So went to Joe. That wasn't forced. That was something that I know I need to do. Um, <laughs> but going to but, Joe, yeah. going to Joe is a form of care for yourself. Yes, it is a form of care for myself. Nice. After that. I went and started taking care of things for myself because what I'll do is somebody tells me they need my help. I'm out doing that. Like I, my needs don't matter. I want to help somebody else. And so today I had to focus on taking care of myself, doing things for myself, which is something that Joe has helped me with because I did not do that. (laughs) Well, I think when you're a giver and I tend to give as well is, and when you had said the expectation, when you set that expectation, then it's, there's not even a discussion about whether or not you're going to come and do what, because you did it once. So now you're going to do it again. I get resentful very fast, but I, but I did it to myself. I Mm. set the precedent, like I set the pattern the expectation. So it's something I'm working on as well. And I can imagine in your business as well, when you've got people coming, asking you to help and can you fit me in? Can you do this or that? Well, you want to help naturally. This is your job, right? Mm -hmm. But then you have to be careful how much, if you over promise or something. Boundaries. Ah, well, that's my nicer way to say it. Setting boundaries. Um, Because the the answer is yes, I want to help you, but here's how you can help me help you. Um, And knowing to communicate. Are you so proud of that right now? (laughs) <laughs> so proud. <laughs> Feel free to take the mic, you know. Um, but uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, knowing when to when to ask for help, you know, help me care, um, which I can see it in you. You care, and so let me ask you a question. Okay, here we go. Let me ask you. A Wait question. a minute. This I ask yeah. the questions on this show. Uh, this, is, right. this is Brendan's Radio X. I'm ready. Right, so, <laughs> I'm ready. Um, so whenever somebody expects you to care, and you feel like it's been pushed on you. How hard do you pull back that care? I don't. 
don't. I don't. I push. I go into it more. I, I'm like, oh, okay, well, you expect this of me. I can't let you down. Ah, but there's always a trade-off. You pull the care from yourself even <gasps> further in thinking that you're providing more care for them and digging harder. But actually, you're not providing the greatest level of care that you possess naturally. Yes. <laughs> True. Because I'm not a lo- Because it's not about me so much in my mind. It's more about, okay, well, this is what you need. Here I come. You need you need me. You even came to me and asked me. So of course. So I don't think about what it's costing me so much as as much as I'm thinking about the what I'm giving you, which maybe it isn't a hundred percent. But it also is what Brendan said and what got me so excited was him un- understanding and acknowledging, like, yes, I want to help, but help me make sure that I'm helping you. And that's one of the things that it's a tool that we've gone through setting those parameters in a dialogue that you have to practice because it's not natural for you to think it that way. Your natural inclination is to say, sure, I'll help instead of saying, no, I would rather provide you with the best help and the best care for you. So I need you to help me with that. I need you to set that. So the question, so if someone were to come to me and say, can you please help me? My question back to them is what is the best help that I can give you? that what you mean? Sure, that can help. Or, or if you feel the need to want to say yes out of obligation oh. is to say, what is it that would be an opportunity for you to help as opposed to an obligation? So you say, okay, I am most likely to want to help when I know X, Y, and Z. Uh. So that's where those parameters, that's where those barrier or uh, boundaries come in. Because then at that point, you've flipped it from an expectation to an opportunity. opportunity. Right. Completely different energy mm-hmm. behind that. Wow. That's why I'm so proud. Are you so proud? Well, so, <laughs> that's so what, awesome. When we talk about fearless formula, that's why I, I really ex- got excited about today of trying to, to pair these two is you can hear and Brendan, Brendan and I are going through a little bit of an exercise here because he's learned so much and we've been practicing and we're going through the entire program together. And now I hear him sharing that out and, and not being afraid. So overcoming that fear of thinking, I just have to do it. No, he wants to help others around him, which is part of his care mechanism. Yes, yes. But it's the opportunity care mechanism knowing that when you use his formula, when he uses his formula, then it is exponentially more effective. Because he's protecting himself as well. It's not coming at a, um expense of yourself. Well, that that's the trade-off that we want to keep healthy. At the expense of you is not healthy. Brendan, what happens to you? <laughs> when you don't consider your own health when providing care for someone else? We go downhill, you know, dark places. But, um, you know, then I have to take a step back, you know, find my peace. I usually, you know, I'm a person that likes to be around people. I'm a nurturer. I care. I want to be with my people. Um, but I have to step away. I have to ground myself. I, I, I choose to go to the top of a mountain at midnight and stay there all night. Um, that's me. And, uh, you know, find my peace find my groundness and then come back whenever, um, you know, I've healed and then I can handle right. um, you know, helping with everybody. And when you scale out, which depending on your wiring, some people are wired for very day to day and some people are future. Just what he ex- explained about getting away, going on top of the mountain, even that little bit of time will energize him enough that when he comes back down, that ability to care is fueled by inner energy. Yes. If you take that away, like we talked about earlier, if, if the trade-off is, is is pulling your energy, then you're not going to have the fuel in your tank to actually get the job done. Like 
you might be limping along and that's not a pro- that's not you at your best you at your best is oh my gosh watch me watch me come care i am so good at providing care so i've heard the notion of um boundaries are loving they seem mean but they're loving and i think for me that's always been a bit challenge for myself to be able to say i see that you need me but i can't give that to you right now because i need to, i need to take care of myself for a little while it feels like I am in the face of someone needing me saying no. And that is so counterintuitive to my wiring, I believe. And But I do get the notion of being able to um, be quiet in myself and give like my spirit what it needs so that I'm not resentful. Because that's that's a big theme, I think, for me. Have you found the same in yeah. your relationships or with work? Yeah, and, you know, I am so inclined to want to help and care. So I, I'll lead with, hey... If you can't find anyone else, I'll help you. But I have other things I need to do. And this isn't professional, it's more personal, but I have other things I need to do. So if you can find someone else, like I need to go do these things. If I have to, you know, make some space, I can come help you. And, you know, setting that boundary of, hey, like, yes, I'm here as a resource. If you absolutely need me, please explore another option. Do you hear how, though, it's, it's kind of one of those things where he's keeping himself grounded in the fact that he will care but not overcorrecting. he's staying really grounded in the fact that hey you know i i have to care for myself that in order for it to be a fearless formula it has to be practiced it has to be you have to constantly be aware in this moment am i obligated or am i opportunity what would overcorrecting look like in that scenario brendan overcorrecting uh either agreeing and then ghosting or <laughs> Um, just saying no. Flat out no. no. Risking the feeling that this person is going to walk away knowing that you don't care, mm-hmm. which is opposite of who you are. Well, and I think the overcorrect can also look like martyring yourself by taking everything on and just kind of saying, no, everybody else out, I'll do it. Until you run completely into the ground, which we've had to face a couple yeah, of times where the physical, the physical health part of it goes away. And even though you, anyone who has that care double-edged sword can sustain that longer than most, at some point you lose your influence because of it. So something will give mm-hmm. emotional, spiritual, physical. Oh, yeah. Somewhere and along the way. Mental. Mental. Uh, um, and, and the thing that I find, and Brendan, I would love for you to share is, especially in the business, when you have customers, they can feel this natural tendency to care. So when he brings sort of the credibility and competence of awareness and acceptance of help me make sure that we do this properly, it actually grows his influence and his trust within the customer base, which makes them more likely to want to do business with him because he is being fearlessly but grounded. How often are we not grounded? (sighs) (laughs) Uh, As a general statement, percentage it out. You know, I'm doing better every year. Um, <laughs> every year. You know, there's been there's been improvement. Um, but uh, I'd say probably probably once or twice a year right now, I, I catch myself where I'm like, okay, I really need to take essentially a mental health break and go you know, handle myself. That doesn't sound um, so terrible once or twice a year. Is that bad? Oh, it, well, it used to be all the time. Ah. That, and that's the thing. There is no such thing as perfection, but being grounded is being – that's why I say awareness and acceptance – because those together, you can stay grounded. And 
there's going to be variables thrown every which way. And you're going to have different personalities coming at you. Some are coming in hot. Some are coming in, you know, very confused or misguided. And sometimes they're just redirecting frustration from something else. So that's why for us, it's a practice. It's something that we have to do every day. And we have to give ourselves grace when we fall back into the only one side of the sword on ourselves. What, I, what I've learned is, you know, um, customers are going to, like Joe said, have their emotions. And our tendency is to take that on. And, you know, it, it can be overwhelming if you can't process what's going on. So, you know, a customer is upset because the truck's broken. They're not upset at me. I'm just the messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a terminology I've used is I'm an advisor. I'm not here to sell you work. So if, you know, you come to me, you're like, hey, what do you think I should do with this truck? What's going on with it? And that gives, like, I love, I love vehicles, and then I, I love caring. Opportunity to care. Opportunity. Yeah. Not yes. obligation. Mm-hmm. Opportunity to care, but you're not obligated to care. Exactly. Interesting. And so I can guide them through the process of, hey, does, like, let's, let's figure out the, your circumstances. Do you make money with this truck? Is it just a, a hobby? And, you know, guiding them through that. And, you know, hey, it makes sense to fix it if you're losing $1,000 a day because you're not driving this truck. Does it make sense to fix it if it's just your daily driver? Mm-hmm. Probably not. And, you know, guide them through that. Hey, it's sellable right now. Here's some other vehicles you can get. And, you know, I'll talk myself out of a large sale just to make sure that customer is, is cared for. And you keep yourself grounded in the meantime. That's the goal, right? The energy is feeling like you're not um, overcompensating or trying to sell them or trying to placate them in their feelings. Just a conversation. Ask him how his uh, numbers have done since he has I was become going to, grounded. That was my next thing. Is like, how has this um, impacted your daily life, personally and professionally? Daily life, oh man, um, you know, you know that anxious feeling. You know, you just get that like overwhelmed. I have I have anxiety rings on as we speak. They're like fidget spinner rings yeah. because I live in that space. So there is a space outside of that space. Um, and there's a space outside of that space. Yes. And, um, you can access that more and more as you, um, understand what's going on internally. Like I can be overwhelmed and I can take a second to be like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. And just that second of realizing like, Hey, this is like building up inside of me, take a breath, realize it's happening. And then you can control your response and kind of guide yourself out of it, figure out what you need, move forward from there. And, uh, you know, that, that piece, like I'm an anxious person, but I operate very calmly now. That's nice. <laughs> and no. how, how, that's amazing. How are your numbers at work? <laughs> um, we have, uh, if I remember correctly, seven or 8% growth a month. So how do you feel about that? What do you think? A little accomplished, but I have an excellent team that I work alongside with to get there. Very humble. As always. But that's the thing. Sometimes we try too hard as business owners. If, if, if we think being fearless means being loud, bold, you know. Caution to the wind. Hustle, you know, push, push, push. But if that's not the formula that fits into who you are at your best, then it's not going to work. So instead, when you ground yourself, it naturally, like I said earlier, grows that influence to the point where people are gravitated towards you. And because – like he said earlier, you don't know what's causing their stress. They come in emotional because of whatever. It may not just be their vehicle. And when they, when you're around somebody who is practiced and grounded, it's calming. And it makes you realize, oh, wait, maybe 
maybe I can notch it down. And they don't even know it, but they definitely are attracted to it. And that is a good thing. And it builds trust. But it's not trust because you're trying to prove that you're trustworthy. It's, no, this is who I am. This is what I do. I mean, the way he says it, I love it because it sounds so professionally created. No, it's Brendan doing the study, understanding what that awareness piece, the acceptance of it, and this is it. I have nothing to prove, nothing to hide, nothing to lose, totally grounded in myself, and I would love to help. Here's the best way to do it. What was the process like when you were just starting where you you were the first time you were in a scenario where someone came in and gave you sort of a lot of all their energy and stress and you had the tools in your head of how to ground yourself? Was it scary in itself to do that? How was that? It can be it can be overwhelming um, working with somebody who's operating from a place of emotion. Um, And, you know, a lot of times they want to be heard. So hear them, you know, help them walk through the process of, hey, here's here's what we've done. Um, here's, you know, the conversations we had. And putting the the rational back in the conversation is, is helpful for me. That's where I operate best. So um, working through that and, you know, whenever they get a misconception or something, uh, helping guide them like, hey, like, no, like, this is what's going on. And, you know, I just want to make sure, like, we're on the same page. I understand your frustration. Like, I want this vehicle fixed just as much as you do. I don't want to have, I don't want to, I, I will have these conversations, but these aren't the conversations I like to have. I like to have like, Hey, yeah. you're good to go. The vehicle's <laughs> awesome. Um, but you know, the hard, how you handle the hard conversations is almost more important than how you handle yes. the, the easy conversations. Was it a challenge to change your interactions to be more grounded or how challenging was it? The, the process getting there is the challenge because it's a lot of internal. It's not as much external. Um, so I would say um, it's challenging internally. Um, but in those cases, once you become healthier and healthier in your practice, um, they become easier. Do you find that things didn't – oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no, Joe. Go ahead. I, I, I am excited to, to hear him say that and because I watch it. I get to work with it all the time and the confidence just grows the more practice he gets and so it's hard for him to remember as as dramatic of a difference because now it is an ongoing thing and the, and we all fall back into some past patterns we you know sometimes under that extreme stress we do use the other side or of we're our hungry sore. or we're tired or we're you know there are various reasons right right and so to hear him say it like that makes me very proud and I know we still have work to do, but it is building sort of that repetition and being uh, rhythmic about understanding that being grounded is not something you can just read in a book and just have. It takes specific situations, situational awareness where, where we will study it. He'll come to me and be like, oh, this happened, whether it be internal with the office or whether it's with a customer or even personal. And we then go, okay, <laughs> Go ahead. You look like you want to say something. Yeah. The awesome part is, is, you know, as you're working through it, is it, um, and I had this defensive driving teacher whenever I was like 18, 17. And he said, he called events that you pull from movies. So you build your movies. And, um, you know, as you have those conversations, you're building experience. And like afterwards, like, oh, I messed up here. I messed up here. And like, not mad at myself, just data. And like, hey, I could have done this better. And, uh, you know, the, the awesome part is, is, you know, working with Joe, David, uh, the owner of the company, um, he, uh, you know, they both give different input and it allows me to 
grow from a situation, ask for, ask for advice, you know, Hey, how could I have handled this better? And, you know, the next time I'm in that scenario, I'm like, I got this, I have a movie about this and I can move forward from there. It's tools. You're talking about like exercising a muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, um, (laughs) be careful. We're going to flip this around on you. Wait a minute. Thank you for coming to fearless formula and business. Um, so I think it's fascinating too, because what you're doing is, um, giving yourself a lot of self-compassion. You're not judging yourself for having failed something or it didn't work the way I thought, because I live in this space very easily of being like, well, yeah, uh, at two in the morning, I have a playlist. And I just add stuff to my two in the morning playlist of how I did something wrong or I could have done it better. I should have known. I have a lot of judgment that way. But it's so refreshing to see someone not take that as being the focus. God, where did I do wrong? I could have done it better. You actually are just giving yourself, like you said, data or data mm-hmm. and and using it for your movie, which, yeah. which makes it so um, third person. It's not so personal. Mm-hmm. Well – just listening to the way that you said that about your 2 a.m. list, in my head I hear obligation, 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 not opportunity. And that's where I think, and maybe, Brendan, maybe we haven't used these terms, but I think that's when things flipped for you was when you were looking for the opportunity in all of that feedback. Because feedback is just that. The emotions that we bring to it are separate. And we do that. So the thing is, is like, we have had to deal with a lot of emotion through all of our time to get everybody does. And, but the way that we react to that is not influential. And that's the part that when he can say, you probably, well, it's not a video, but you, I, I, I smiled because I always say it is just information. It's not good or bad. It's information. What we do with it is a response. If, if we don't think it through, if we're not aware of it, if we don't accept it as data, then we will react. And our reactions tend to be the other side of our double-edged sword. Interesting. But why? Let me ask you this. Why? How much is the way that we are naturally predisposed with our personalities and how much is um, our parental influence <laughs> regarding our responses to things and the the um, the judgment, the meaning that we put behind the failures, so to speak, or our experience. Because obviously, in listening to you, I'm not looking at my um, experiences that I don't love the outcome of as um, data. I look at it as a, a, a failure of spirit in some way or myself or I should have known, right? So I don't know how much of that is inherent to who I am or if that was just like scripts that I'm hearing from parents or other experiences. So um, how much does that influence us? She just opened chapter one. <gasps> and chapter one is, uh, it's one of the courses that we have. And it is a hard course because it does look at the one thing that we all own for ourselves, which is our experience. And then that experience comes influences. And we have a formula for that where we can study that and understand if we can look at the past and understand, collect data, that's how I do it, um, is we look at what were those influences like what was their role in our world and then we have to understand that people are naturally wired even within that influence okay and it could either be nature nurture or choice so it's either how they are or who they were raised to be or the choices that they make now because once we start to realize that all those people are 
in one of those areas, then we start to look for the people who have learned how to be more than that. And we look for the people who liberate us to be free. And that that's why I love what I do because my job is to be a liberator for Brendan. But that means I have to study him right alongside him so because what he needs is very different than what I need. And I need to be that influence so that we can help unlock way more people like that that will keep him going forward forward. That's the fearless formula. Well, I wanted to ask you, do you also have, do you also have relationships that you've had to let go in this process because they are not the types of people that will help you along your journey? Every relationship has its own unique attributes. Um, you know, I, uh, have a lot of challenge in my life, um, with what I do. Um, so I look for support and I look for positive influences on my life. Um, you know, I, fortunately, I've had um, a good uh, friend group and, you know, relationships throughout my life where, um, you know, even from a young age, if somebody wasn't making me feel good about who I am or uh, wasn't offering challenge in an appropriate way, then, you know, I was already going to distance myself. Because the cool thing about being a person that really cares is our weapon is you just pull back care. Listen, I have what's called the INFJ mm. door slam. Are you familiar with this thing? <laughs> the Myers-Briggs? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the door slam is significant. I cannot work around it either. When I have decided that I have just, this is not a healthy relationship, I've given everything I can, and it still is somehow becoming toxic to me, I walk away, and I cannot even reason with myself to come back. Even if I think, oh, well, they've learned, or they're sorry, or they, or maybe it could be better at some point. Like, I don't know how to override my natural protective instinct at this point. Her caretaker's number two. My caretaker's number two. Yeah, because for us, we study all of those patterns and tendencies in an order that's most natural, and we are a combination of all of them. And so his is number one and yours is number two, which is why yours is a little bit more extreme. That's why you have the shut the door, what, what you refer to. And so when it's number one, you pull it back, but they're the only ones that can bring it right back to care without a whole lot of effort. Really? There, and there's a formula for that too. We have, we have tools for that that help understand why you do that and whether it serves you or not and how to make sure that you're staying grounded within that. And so for you, you, you have more of that um, uh, charismatic forward, you know, people and values need to put together. Yes, they and must be aligned. That, that comes first. Which is why you may not see eye to eye right now on how he can do what what you just asked him to do. It's just different. You still have access to the care. It's just not first. It's not the top one. For me, it's number three. It's not even. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think um, that's fascinating to me because I did not realize that I always thought of myself as a caretaker, number one. But Mm. but But it's interesting to think that at some point, I realize that it's too much for me and I'm able to get out. But if it were number one, would it be harder for me to get out? Mm -hmm. Ah, Don't you think? I'm cold. Brendan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So somebody, somebody wrongs me in whatever that that instance is, you know, I'm a pretty chill person. Not many people wrong me, Um, but I'll pull it back. Okay. I'm going to go do my own thing. I don't have to have an argument, conversation, anything. All right. I'm going to go do this. And, uh, you know, I would say that person, you know, shows a positive light, whatever that is, like I'm willing, I'm able to 
comfortably forgive and, um, you know, welcome them into my life. Like there is a, there is, there is a, a boundary, there's a wall. Um, but you know, as long as, you know, everything is kosher and, you know, I continue to, to do me. Wow. That sounds so healthy. That's why I say grounded, but it's, it looks different for everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm a strategist. I, I calculate and I remember everything. So it's not the same. And if, if my double-edged sword, when I'm healthy and grounded, then I am providing clarity. I am looking for a strategic solution to a problem. But when I'm unhealthy and not grounded. Lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> then I do have incessant questions, which is also not a sign of, of unhealth or not healthy, whatever you want to say. Um, and the questions become uh, judgmental and personal. In nature, but you're so, able to see yourself do this. Yeah. Oh, and I can stop it now because I have the formula. Like I, I, I have studied it enough that I can, I can hear it instantly. I can even feel it in the muscles of my face. So because I pay attention to it with all of my clients, I have to be able to see what's natural. It's not a judgment. It's a piece of data. And so as soon as I see my eyes or feel my eyes past that personal line, I'm like, nope, that question was not correct. And then I will stop, or I will say, "You'll hear me." I'll say, "This is not ju- that's that sounded judgmental," and then I'll reframe the question because it's not my intent. But all of us is when we're stressed and we're reactionary, we aren't intentional, and so that's why it's called a reaction. You know, when we're responsive, then we can be intentional. We can even call out what he said, like I'm pulling it back. I can give it back. I'm oh, let me stop my questions. If they're really that important, I'll bring them later. And that's where I have to be careful with customers is whenever I start pulling back that care and they're already frustrated is I have to catch myself doing that because I become transactional. And so then it's yes, no, okay, all of that instead of like, let, let me let me guide you through this. And um, so spearheading that before you're in it. Um, is, you know, from a customer service aspect is how, you know, I can work through customers usually utilizing the tools. Wouldn't you want, wouldn't everybody want Brendan <laughs> to be in charge of customer service because he naturally provides care. But the fact that he is that aware to be able to notice mid, mid conversation. And that's why we, why we think this can be a fearless formula because once you do understand that about you, you start to pay attention to it in them. And you start to see their patterns and tendencies. You see their reactions as just that. And if we can become that aware and accept that it's maybe them on a bad day, you know, who are they on a good day and how will you connect with them? What kind of communication can you use that will remind them of what they're amazing at? Then all of a sudden you're like, take them on a whole journey where (laughs) they're kind of with you forever. And that creates customers for a lifetime for a business if done properly. That's so exciting. I mean, when I think about it, it's like what I'm learning in therapy about observing and not absorbing. You're able to observe yourself without absorbing the negative um, connotation with your reactions. You're able to observe yourself as just this is just how I'm feeling today, whatever. But you also can if you do it for yourself, you can do it for other people when they're interacting with you. So you don't take it personally and they can feel that. Because you can have a space of them being upset and it's not going to rattle you and create like a bad energy that could create a huge argument or something. And then they feel grounded as well because they're kind of feeding off of you, right? Well, yeah, what I would say, and Brendan, I would love for you to chime in, but for any caretaker, it will affect you. But the question is, is how much? 
So as I always say, like for caretakers that go into self-deprecation because they're overstressed, they start going down the steps into the pit. And I always say, if you're going to go into the pit of despair, you you are naturally going to do that because you care so much. The question is, is can we stop you five steps down instead of taking yourself a thousand steps down? And in doing that, you aren't denying who you are. You're just reminding yourself, oh, wait, stop. Mm -hmm. I've been down there before and I don't want to be there now. Yeah, taking the taking a breath, uh, giving yourself a reset. Um, there's been a few times after like the heavier conversations um, where you know I'm a car guy, I work at a shop, I work there for a reason. Um, so uh, you know I'll you know have one of those heavy conversations. Like, all right, I need just need to go on a quick like 15 minute drive. You know, go on a drive, go do a lap, and then you know come back. And you know that that little reset of you know hey like I realize I need this. Or, you know, most of the time a customer doesn't get me, get to me anymore. Like, okay, on to the next one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, whenever you do have those heavy ones, you just need to take that second, find your ground, and then, you know, move forward. Because if you carry that to the next customer, then it's just going to keep going. You're like, man, I've had like six bad customers today. It's not <laughs> the, the customers. Day, yeah. 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 Uh, what did you just say? <laughs> I said it's not the customers. If you have six bad customers, it's not the customers. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Such self-awareness, though. Well, and, and, and I'm so proud to sit next to him and watch every one of my clients who takes this to heart and really decides that they want to make this into a fearless formula. It is so fun to hear them talk about it, good, bad, and ugly, because we're not going to be 100% great at it. But if we are 70, 80% great at it all the time, that's awesome. There's space to not be 100% great at it because nothing is but, perfect. But instead of judging that, we accept that, oh, ah. I screwed that one up. Tomorrow I'll do better. <laughs> the win feels so much better when there was loss. Dang. He's very, very good. Are you, are you so bad? <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's exciting to see that some of the tools that you 100% believe in and know work in, a, in real time, you've seen the positive effect it's had, not only in your interpersonal relationships, but what it's meant in terms of dollars, which is what's important here we're talking about in, in business. So what are the other, I don't know if you call them archetypes, but what mm. are the other um, main ways that people interact? Like he's, he's a caretaker. I'm not quite sure what I am. but Well, and so I, I started it thinking about yesterday's question is what is the double-edged sword? And for mine as a strategist, it is – uh, overthinking or analysis paralysis. Um, when grounded and used for good, I ask strategic questions to gain enough pieces of the puzzle to be competitive and solve it. Um, when I'm stressed out, it's too many questions internally first and then externally is awful and I will lose credibility instantaneously when I do that, which is why I had to practice learning how to stop. Um, then you have um, the extreme emotion dreamer, maybe archetype as you want. And when healthy, they can solve problems that no one else can solve. They see the future in a way that nobody else can. But when stressed out, the extreme perfection of it's in my head, why don't you understand? And, a, a, and an inability, if they're not aware, their communication does not come out at all. Like what they say does not match what they dream. And that's very, very frustrating for them and for the people that, that um, work for them. That's one of the hardest things when we're looking at different business owners is uh, we attract that in our business when the owner is in that dream state. Mm -hmm. And dream does not operate day to day. Dream is meant to operate bigger. 
Um, so then you also have a more dominant, uh, which most business owners want to be. Uh, we will call them initiators for today's purposes. Uh, when amazing and healthy and grounded, they actually execute and make the biggest things happen because their confidence is through the roof. But when stressed out, their arrogance and ability to blow up the situation on purpose because they want you to remember how bad whatever oh. just happened. Incompetence is a, is a trigger for that. Um, and so what they need to remember is very few people are actually number one initiator. It's what, something like 9%, maybe wow. 7%. It's really, really low. And the majority of the people that work for them are going to be caretakers or strategists, and they do not communicate the same, and they don't receive it the same. So what we'll find with our clients that are inclined that way is that they often feel like islands and they don't understand why people won't get it done. They are working their people so hard that the turnover is ridiculous. And so we say, okay, <laughs> let's figure out what it is that your team needs in order to be their best and then let them do it, you know? Um, and then who did I miss? Oh, the, the believer. Oh. The believers are the type of people I think that Sharon, I think you and I've talked about this before, but you have this natural ability to believe in people and ideas and you feed off of a big crowd of it to the point where you just want to bring them together. That's why you hosting the show, it's like I get to bring all these people in and I get to try to find ways that they can relate with each other and I can relate with them. And when healthy and grounded, that's amazing. But when unhealthy, I think the flipped sword on that one is trying really hard to force a belief. And then it becomes forced on all the people around them. And man, it is like walking through glue. Mm. And they're so typically on a grounded strength, very charismatic in a great way. But that same charisma when when not grounded and not healthy is kind of emotionally explosive on people around them. Um, so, I mean – like I said, we are bits of all of them. The question is, which ones are the most natural? Which are the ones that, that give you the most energy? And so that we don't have to pretend to be all of them. As a business owner, I that's one of the hardest things at the very beginning is helping them understand the best way to lead your business is through your own natural patterns and tendencies. Even though you think or have read books that told you you need to be such and such a way in order to work – that's not true. If you lead from that grounded place, just like what Brendan experienced with uh, the gravitational trust, the customers and the staff that always rely that Brendan is there and he's grounded, the same thing happens for a business owner. You attract employees that want to stay there. And so, I mean, and if you recognize what your pattern and tendency naturally is, then you can strategically choose the people that you have in your business. <laughs> you just put your arms up. I did. I did. Because <laughs> strategic hiring is one of the biggest uh, programs that we've been using lately is to say, hey, you need to be given the majority of the time to be in your natural best. And the people who are going to balance that is probably your natural least. Mm -hmm. So, why don't you hire those people and empower them to be their best? And Brendan was one of those strategic hires. And it's beautiful. It's glorious. It is sometimes unexpected, but it has the biggest out, um, outcome, I guess. It's, it's the best outcome. Yeah, you, asked, uh, you asked the question, um, what was the percentage in dollars of the benefit of you know, the growth? And 
the other side of that is the cultural benefit within the company, the the people, <laughs> the people with you, um, the non quantifiable yes, effect. Yes, um, having a healthy place to work that's not like you know, um, there's stress. It's a job, but like having a healthy place to, that you can work and you you want to be there and you have these people around you, um, you know that continues to improve and grow, um, which is um, again unquantifiable. But it also is a level of care for a team. And sometimes it's business. We always think numbers, but numbers aren't always the only driver. We have a formula for that too, where you as a business owner or a team leader have to understand yours. And then a company itself has to understand what it wants to be. And we will take people through that so we can say if, I mean, obviously money has to happen in business. We get that. But if it's not a natural top driver and it's getting the most of your time, energy, and effort, it's going to feel off. It's going to feel against the grain. And so if you do it in a more natural order, then it will come along with. That's why Brendan, I'm happy for him to sit today because it has come along with the culture and money just because of him learning how to be grounded and 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 do his job at his best and him being able to communicate that to the team and the customers verbally and non-verbally yeah so um what got me to uh bringing that point back up is the strategic hires is uh figuring out who um whenever you're looking at people not only looking at their voice orders interacting with them seeing you know maybe they maybe they you know fibbed a little while they're taking their their analysis or where you're kind of understanding them um, and seeing who's going to be a, a good fit for company culture. So you can continue that environment of just like a healthy place to work. Um, as I'm sure everybody's had that job where it's just like either the manager is just like super toxic um, or like one bad apple just yes. like focuses on the wrong thing. And you're like, Hey, like this is what we do. This is what we provide. This is, you know, who we are and, you know, figure out who fits within that mold. It's interesting because it's you're talking about sort of a, an ultimate acceptance of who you are without the whatever uh, nature versus nurture versus choice meaning that we all put on the feelings that we have, right? That's why when people ask me, oh, you do personality, <laughs> yes, I do as a basis, but I don't put stock in the terminology. Like if you're a caretaker, what does that mean? How does it play out? How does it serve you? How does it not serve you? What's an opportunity for you? And what's the opportunity for the company? And that's strategic hiring. That's kind of the big thing is you can get warm and fuzzy vibes from somebody who's extremely charismatic in an interview, and they may have the best credentials. But if the job that is needed does not serve their natural best tendencies, it won't last. And it's really a formula there too. So what we always say is we – when we do because we've done interviews on the front porch with clients of ours. We say, oh my gosh, you're awesome. That's not the job that we have right now. But when we do, we would want you and we'll call you because we don't want to give you the false sense that we just want you in our team because we like the team environment. You fit the team environment. We want to make sure that you have the right opportunity to continue to be healthy and actually, you know – develop yourself and say, Hey, I want to be here and I'm going to be more committed to being in a place that values me for what I bring, not just what's on my resume. I love that too, because the way you're talking about it is a, um, I am not a victim of my personality and the jobs that are out there and someone's not putting me in the right place. I'm not so much a victim. I'm more, I can take action to change the outcome. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. which feels so much better. Yes. <laughs> but it requires, when I said at the very beginning, we talked about awareness and acceptance. And that's the acceptance piece. Like you can be aware of your tendencies, but you have to accept what that means for good and for bad and for ugly so that you can say, oh, crap. You know, if I know that this is going to bring me down, what do I need? Brendan said, this is what I know is care for me. He knows that now. It's part of his cheat sheet booklet, whatever. So he can he, – he doesn't even need to look at it anymore. It's part of his daily practice. He knows how to get it. Yeah, I have my uh... – I have my people, you know, I, so I have, a, I have a reminder on my phone. Mm-hmm. 8.30 goes off every night. I call a person I care about. And, you know, it's either a person that I need care from or a person that I want to give care to. And that's very much so simplifying it, but um, that is a part of, like, my daily routine, uh, making those phone calls like, hey, like, it's been a heavy day. Who do I need to call? Or I need to call this person. And they always just bring that light back, Right. And, you know, you know, I'm feeling fired up. You know, I want this person to be fired up too. Let me call them. And, you know, kind of helping them through that, uh, whatever it is. I love this because it really does give in real time what your company, Front Porch Advisors, offers companies. Because I'm sure in a way it's almost like esoteric. It's almost like you can't really say it in a quick snippet. It's, it's complex but not unmanageable. And so I guess I really like that you've had a moment here to, to explain in a, not just from the beginning, like we, we did with Anna Kawar, which was so interesting because it was like the initial, this is what it would be like if someone just came to you brand new and assessed what are your things that you like about yourself and don't or how it works in your business. But now you can see the other side of um, you're not a completely different human being. Like the notion of, oh, I have to change can be so daunting and scary and, um, what is this going to mean for when am I still going to like going, you know, skateboarding? What, like, what's it going to mean for my life? But I love that you have your same, you are, you're the best version of yourself. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Still yourself, just the best version of yourself, which, which to me, if someone told me that you're going to be the best version of yourself, then I'm not going to be so scared to go through a process of kind of unpacking all of the different things that, I don't like about myself or I have to look at myself and maybe change and, but I don't want to change too much because that seems like too much. Yeah. Learning to use your natural wiring, um, to benefit your job. So like I'm a service, like service advisor, service writer. I I sell work for a shop. So it was, it was exhausting for me when I first started out to sell work for a shop. But whenever that role changed to I'm caring for the customer, that was an internal change. It's not something that's stated. Yes. That is, that is an internal change. It was quiet. Change. It was yes. quiet. Exactly. So um, learning to use my wiring for what I am doing and, you know, growing from there to make it so that I'm not exhausted doing my job, but it's actually rewarding um, is one of the bigger takeaways for me. I don't know if you guys want to. Oh, but it also, if you notice, because he's humble. Yes. Which is part of his wiring. He's never arrogant, and caretakers are never arrogant. But as a result of this kind of work, his influence makes him a natural team leader, which is why throwing the term GM, it is a really good fit for him. But traditionally, when you look at that title, a company thinks, I need a GM that's going to be this. No, 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 no. It doesn't have to be one. It has to be grounded. It has to be what does the company need to balance out between owner, between other team leads, between other staff members. And their company needed a Brendan. 
but he needed to be the best version of himself. And that's what's uh, the formula that's working really well for them. Yeah. It's, it's glorious to watch. (laughs) I love, I hope that business owners who are listening right now can contact you and say, here, here are the things that I see aren't working for me. What's the best way they could contact you? Uh, well, we are frontporchadvisors.com, E-R-S, advisors with an E. Um, I am Joe at Front Porch Advisors. Um, you can email us. You can you know go to our website. There's plenty of ways to, to connect. But what, what I really also hope and why I love today is all of the clients that I get to work with on a leadership level, fearless leadership. I'm going to start saying that. Fearless leadership because Brendan has been on that leadership journey. He's in it right now is you can see them intentionally spreading it out because that's part of what it means to be a fearless leader is that when you know this about yourself and you become grounded, you want other people to be their best selves. And that's why listening to Brendan talk to you and then all of a sudden flip things back. I know. He was asking me questions. Yeah. It's because if we do that as a community, we all want the best around us. We want the best. And and that is – like you said, you don't have to change and you don't have to pretend to be extremely dominant or extremely demanding. You just have to be grounded because everybody brings something different to the table and it's necessary in all arenas. So when, oh, go ahead. Everybody sees the fake, but they respect the real. So be yourself. Don't <gasps> pretend. <laughs> Joe, I, will, so- I will pay you later. <laughs> it, 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 but it's coming out of him. And I, I, I get to, to usually when we're in session, we're doing the work in like right now, but when we are at this point, I'm watching and he's coming up with these gems that we, it just makes me feel like I want to do more. I want to continue. And I see Brendan continuing his journey upwards and the fear has, it didn't even play a part today. I don't think. Not at all. Fearless formula. Fearless formula. I was ready. I like that you say when you're when you're elevating yourself and you want to elevate people around you. Well, then it just elevates everything. Do you know what I mean? Like exponentially. Well, and you and like you said, you can people can feel the fake, and the try is fine. I don't have a problem with people trying as long as they're willing to accept that they're trying. Instead, once you take that away, it can be a little bit simpler, and you can be more accepting of what's real, um, and not sort of trapped or enslaved by your own tendencies. The double-edged sword is there for everyone. The question is, is, do you know which way to hold it? Do you know which way to use it? And can you stop yourself when you start to see that it's it's not the best version of yourself? Um, it takes practice. Even I, after all these years, will find plenty of opportunities to say where it's not. But I bring people like Brendan right into that where I will call it right out mm-hmm. so that I know. And he knows. Yeah, we've, we've had many sessions where Joe's like, oh, I did this. Well, <laughs> <Old> tendency. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, I love that you call it even your own fearless formula because you are, you have tools. You, you refer to it. We have a plan for that. This is how we can work around it. You're not a victim of your circumstance. Well, and it's really easy to measure numbers, but like you said, the intangible, the, the culture, the, these words that have, I think been a bit co-opted lately. Um, that's what you, you felt mm-hmm. from Brandon. Yeah. So when we do that, we do have tools, we do have formulas, but it's sometimes harder for a business owner to think, man, I really need that because they want to know how is it going to improve sales? Well, this is it. And that's why I appreciate you coming on to, to help because Sharon is one of those people who connects people. She's really good. at <laughs> <laughs> But it will be so much easier for everybody when they realize, oh, wait, that's not natural for me, but maybe one of the pe- people on my team 
is it's natural for them. And right. how do I empower them? What do I need to give them that provides them what they need to be fearless and amazing? Like Brendan. So if you if people want to come see you and 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 see this interaction in action, um, where can they go? Diesel David Inc. Type in dieseldavid.com. Check us out. 770-874-5094. I'll be on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to test you at this point. We got it. Main Street, Woodstock, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brendan Cannell and Josie and Ciolo from Front Porch Advisors. I'm so excited that we got to have this conversation today. This is some of my most, like I said, I get in my own head and just seeing it in real time, someone right in front of me, you're different from the first time you came on the show, which was probably last September, or maybe, maybe August. It's, it's cool to see. It's, it's, it's really true, I guess. So, um, all right. Well, listen, everybody out there listening to Fearless Formula, thank you for tuning in today. And this is Sharon Klein, again, reminding you that with knowledge and understanding, we can all have our own fearless formula. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.